That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's the big giveaway. Gather around your devices and listen to Vintage Burn. Yes, it's the big giveaway. Gather around. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Vintage Burn. I'm Kev. Marco. And Doug. Today we're going to be talking about the Thing series. So what we'll be doing is discussing the 1982 version featuring Kurt Russell, and we'll be talking about the 2011, not remake, but the prequel to the 1982, The Thing. Marco, why don't you start? Tell us what you thought about these movies. I, I actually liked both uh, quite a bit. I mean, I, I was entertained by the newer thing, but I think the the first thing, uh, just watching it for 1982 with the special effects, the Carpenter-style filming... Like, you see, it's very Halloween-esque, the way the camera moves. And, oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's Carpenter style, I would say, you know, yeah. as opposed to Halloween-esque. But, but I, you know, I honestly, it was my first time watching both, I'm, I'm going to be honest. As I, I think I've expressed this on a past show, that I'm not really big in horror like these guys. These two dudes are a lot bigger. So, I there's a lot of movies I haven't seen. But for watching The Thing for the first time, the 82, uh, instant classic for me. Uh, the, the new one was entertaining, uh, but not quite... You know, that's good, obviously. I mean, you could never... You're not going to match John Carpenter, Carpenter, master of horror. Yep. You know, you're not going to do it. A lot of people say that it might... Even more so than Halloween, it might be a lot of people's favorite. I've uh, read that I've read that a lot, which is kind of surprising. I think it's more mainstream. Than, than, than Halloween? Than Halloween, yeah. Right. I, 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 yeah. I don't so. know. I would, I would think... I mean, because there's... Halloween is uh, based around a holiday, a very, you know, spooky time, where this is just, like, in the... You know, oh, it, oh, wait, I'm sorry. You were saying that Halloween is is um, more of a classic. Yeah, but a lot of people say that this is their favorite John Carpenter film in general. Mm, that I could see. Yeah. yeah, that I could see. But okay. I, I definitely think <clears throat> you, you're stacking them up. I think Halloween's definitely bigger. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was had. You know, a lot of people say this is um, as far as like the time period and like the um, the effects. Mm. This is like a milestone. This kind of was like a marker because. I mean, what before this kind of could um, live up to it as far as uh, um, effects? I know your your boy uh, yeah. Rob uh, Bobbitt. No, B Button. 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 <laughs> Rob Button. <laughs> Thinking of Lor uh, Bobbitt that got his dick chopped off. Lorena. <laughs> Lorena. You know, it's it's interesting you brought that up though because I'm thinking so Carpenter wrote Halloween, directed it. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he produced it with other people. Obviously, Deborah Hill helped him write it and stuff, too. But the thing, I think he just directed Correct. the yeah. 82 yep. movie. Yeah, I think so, he just directed it. Yeah. So I, I can see why you said people think it's his best movie, but maybe from a directorial movie. I, but I, I'm just biased. It's, yeah. it's Halloween all the way. Halloween's the whole package. Yeah. Halloween's the package yeah, deal. It, yeah, it's the package. The score, the, the directed, you know, the writing. He yeah. did it all. And that's, I wish they were, and I know there are a couple of those, um... Have you guys seen Assault on Precinct 13? Uh, the original? No, no. I still never... It's so fucking good. Mm -hmm. And and I think... I, I would have to look it up, but I, I think... <clears throat> I don't know if he wrote that, but I think he did more. He obviously did the score. Mm -hmm. um, he did a couple other things. So that's, I think, a little more involved, too, than 
the thing. But I agree. I think as far as the the screen direction, um, camera angles, and everything, it's just it's definitely Carpenter all the way. The movie wouldn't have been as good without John Carpenter. No, absolutely, and that's what I liked about the the well, we'll just call it the original because I think it's basically his interpretation of uh, what's the book name? Does anybody know the book name? Yeah, um, it was. Um who goes there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, nice. So it was okay. basically his interpretation. I know they made an earlier one called Help uh, Me Out Here. Thing from Another World. Thing, Thing from, from Another World. World. It was but, a 1951 movie. But apparently the story is a lot different. And uh, I, I guess from what I was reading is Carpenter's version that he directed is a lot closer to the actual book. Hmm. As I'd far as interested to read the book. Now. The Im- imitation of the uh, you know life of, of bodies or whatever. The, you know how he <laughs> absorbs you, people. Do you guys else. know what movie featured the original the first? The very first film, Thing from Another World. Was it Thing from Another World or Thing from Another Planet? Thing from Another World, I believe. Okay, Thing from Another World. What movie had that playing on the TV? Oh. In a scene. I have no idea. Oh, maybe Halloween? Yeah, yeah, because I know. Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, I know they have, they have a couple older movies on there, so yeah. that's why that was why I guessed it. Because he was really into like I remember when she pulls the comic stack out and she's looking through them, and it's like all these ridiculous like yeah. sci-fi. Yeah. That totally. Well, makes that was sense. like a sign of the era too. Like in yeah. the, I mean, it was definitely in the '60s and stuff, but in the '70s too, so it makes sense. Such a simpler time. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, for me, I I loved both movies. I was actually shocked at how much I enjoyed the prequel. I, I kind of went into it knowing that how good 1982's The Thing was. I was kind of uh, hesitant to think that it was going to be done well. Um, Marco had pointed out before we even started watching it that it was a prequel because I had first thought of... Every time I would see The Thing show up on, you know, online or even, even on, like, uh, on Apple iTunes or something, I would just see it as The Thing and it, I didn't really see in the explanation right. prequel. Why, why wouldn't they have, like, a, like The Thing evolution or The mm-hmm. Thing, you know what I mean? Some... some Something um, different. Some, yeah, something to make it different. The than thing, a, the but, beginning, or yeah, the or thing, the beginning, exactly. Yeah. Like, so I guess the big difference is the first or, or John Carpenter's thing is John Carpenter's the thing, and this is the thing. So maybe that's maybe okay. the slight that's, difference. That's, in that's it. so subtle, though. It is. It, subtle, it should really be like, but it's different. Yeah. It's Look, slightly, okay. subtly different, but it, slightly. So, different. so it's like if you're not a Halloween fan, like we've griped about, and and I, as much as I love it. They could have done Halloween Returns or something. If you don't know anything about these movies and you obviously want to attract an audience, it's going to be hard to say, <clears throat> hey, have you seen The Thing? Well, which thing? I mean, it's The Thing. You, yeah. You, oh, you, I've seen that. You, you, you know? have to, yeah, you, you have to go by year. So you have to say, have you seen The Thing, 1982? Or have you seen The Thing, you know, 2011? Yeah. You're not going to even know if it's a prequel or remake. <clears throat> Same with Halloween. It's the way that, you know, unfortunately they did it was um, Halloween. And then we have the new one. Here we are, forty years later. Halloween. Okay, that's great, but if you if you're not into this genre, how the fuck are you gonna know which is which? And even when you're into the genre, you still sometimes I still get confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, I love Halloween. Both, seventy eight and eighteen. I mean, it is what it is. <clears throat> I get it. At the same time, though, I think they could have done better, and maybe that's why the prequel didn't do so well in the box office. Maybe that's why it didn't have the numbers and stuff because people were like. I don't want to see the thing. I don't want them to remake that classic. It, it, it's true. It's a, It's definitely a mm-hmm. classic. People were probably like, fuck yeah, that. They definitely didn't advertise it that way. You yeah. can't replace okay. Kurt Russell. No, you can't, that sexy motherfucker. No, you cannot. Kurt Russell is the... Yeah, I think we're all in agreement that Kurt, Kurt Russell is like one of the greatest things ever to exist in the I, I think time. so. Yeah. Do you know it took him almost a year to grow that sexy beard and hair for this mm-hmm. movie? I'm not surprised. Are we talking about this or the, the, 
the Santa Claus Chronicles. <laughs> I still haven't. Seen, you probably watched that four times already, knowing you. We but did. that's yeah, that, we did. Yeah, that's we, in like we, CGI. We, well, they probably just. But it's funny. You've been seeing a lot of like cropped photos of him in the thing, like the sequel. To <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, you haven't seen that? Oh, it's great. No. Yeah, you got to see that. Oh. It's awesome. It's him. You know. Oh, or they've done they've done it as um they they've done him as uh, Snake Lipskin from uh, mm. oh <laughs> from Escape that's from New York. Good too. Mm. So with the patch. Oh, it's it's awesome. Yeah. You know, honestly, I have a feeling Carpenter said something's coming um, in in the next year or two. He's working on something that he's done before. I don't know if there's another sequel coming. Maybe something related to the thing, or I heard even Escape from New York. There might be another oh. one. We had Escape from L.A. It might be something else. Did, did he do Escape from L.A.? Did Carpenter do it? Uh, Kurt Russell. Did it. No, and I know he was in it, but was it I th- any, a carpenter involvement? I think he did something. Yeah. I don't think he was, he wasn't, you know, on it as much as he was in that first one. I think he, he, but he did step in to help Kurt. Um, my friend was gonna say no. Oh, did you hear anything about um maybe doing They Live, um like some oh, kind of remake or something? Yeah, I heard very light yeah. chatter, but I'd he, be very upset if they did that. Ah, uh, yeah, I Ro- kind of, Roddy Piper, man. Yeah, and honestly, I don't want them replaced. to because I feel like they'll go. It'll it'll become too too more political than it already was supposed to be. I think it'll go overboard. I I think so too. And Keith David. Keith David. Yeah, let's he hope, was. Let's hope not. Who was also in the thing, by the way? Who was also in the thing? Yeah. Yep. And he's in this something about Mary. Who put the beans about the Frank? <laughs> so we're. <laughs> How'd you get the beans about the Frank? <laughs> That's that dude. I like that guy a lot. We're kind of doing this backwards, but I think we should at least give for people who may or may not have watched the thing or the the prequel to the thing we'll kind of give you a quick synopsis of of both um so for the 1982 film in a remote uh in remote antarctica a group of american research scientists are disturbed at their base camp by a helicopter shooting at a sled dog when they take in the dog it brutally attacks both human beings and canines in the camp and they they discover that the beast can assume the shape of its victims a resourceful helicopter pilot kurt russell and the camp doctor richard desart i don't know how to pronounce that desart d-y-s-a-r-t sure Mm, uh lead the camp crew in a desperate (laughs) gory battle against the vicious creature before it picks them all off Mm. one by one and honestly the 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 prequel is on the same basis, it starts in Antarctica, which it should. Um, and I, I, I think the best part of the 2011 remake is the fact that in the end, the movie picks up exactly, scene for scene, where the original started with the two guys in the helicopter shooting Chase at the, the sled dog, dog, which I thought was great. Um, it, it was it was well rounded, but. Yeah, I mean, any other input? So I, that's that's the synopsis. Um. No, my my input is uh, on the on the uh, 2011 one. The, the the one thing I didn't really like about it, I didn't think it had the like all the uh, anticipation of like who it could be as much. I mean, like they kind of figured it out really quick. Like if you remember in the '82 uh, thing, everybody was at each other's throats. It created yeah. this really like tense, like a tense, yeah, atmosphere. tense atmosphere. Is a really good way to put it. Throughout the whole movie that just gave it this different life. And that's why I said it earlier. The thing is like 82 classic. The, the new one is, was entertaining. But that's what I think it lacked. I think it lacked that. And definitely, like I said, the camera work. And But, I mean, I they like both movies. And it, yeah. 
I mean, we're watching. Yeah. So we're, we're we're watching the thing, 2011, in the background right now, and I, I I think they tried though to capture that. It didn't that work, original though. quality, the best that they could. They still tried to age it. You, you can tell they tried to age this to make it look like of it course. was filmed around the, the early 80s. I mean, it honestly even looks like they used in the same set. It looks like they didn't even change the set. Yeah, yeah. I give them credit for you at know? least doing that. There's nothing worse than you're like, okay, we're doing a prequel, but the technology looks so good that you mm-hmm. know it's not a prequel. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're not. So I think they tried. They, they did a pretty good job. The score in this it was like in the 30s on RT, and I, I I don't know. I know we've we've talked about this before. I'm not an RT fan, so Rotten Tomatoes they suck at scoring, and I I don't know. I think it's political. It's it's. Are you talking about the new the yeah, prequel? It scored like a 37 oh. or something. Oh, I, like I I talking about the the score? Yeah, the Rotten yeah, Tomatoes but I, score. Oh, but I think I think if you go back to the original, it didn't do too well either with critics. It did good with fans. Uh, how did it do with fans? Did you see how it did with fans? That's audience score is really. Where it's That's at. a good question. I didn't see how it did. I'll look it up as well. Uh, IMDB it gave it 6.2 for the 2011. Okay. And then this here, the original, got 8.1 on IMDB. Okay. On IMDB, oh, yeah. On IMDB. But yeah. the critic score is totally different. I know they both got panned by the critics. Uh, and the original thing, here's a fun, little fun fact. It came out the week after E.T. Mm, and it came tough. out the same day as Blade Runner. Oh, shit. Imagine that competition yeah, coming yeah. out. And that's why it did not do well. Okay, that makes sense. All. It became a classic, like, years later. Years, years later, later yeah. 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 But so, you know, I, I don't think Halloween really hit with audiences either. Well, no, that one That one they made a lot of money on. This here, they actually lost... The The budget was $15 million. Uh, opening weekend only made 3.1, and it only grossed nine, uh, 19.7. So they just, just barely made... But the new one, they actually ended up losing like eight million dollars. It cost like thirty k, I mean thirty million to make, and they only made. Hold on, I got the. Um, it was thirty eight million, and they only grossed uh, thirteen point five or something. Holy shit! Yeah, and the, the effects budget was crazy, on uh, the thing. Then they have like a crazy effects budget. Uh yeah. So your boy uh bought in there. He had a, a one point five million dollar. Um, effects budget. Effects budget, yeah. and that's nineteen eighty two or eighty one money. And you know what? I love the effects, um, like we were talking about earlier. I love the effects in Look. the thing. I mean, the it, it was the thing itself in some of the scenes made out of a, a rubber, gum, a gum uh, material. Ke- yeah, food, rubber, and um, chemicals is what he used awesome. mostly. So and then, it would light it, and and it would ignite. Uh, yep, it would almost like melt and have yeah. that, that like human like. Uh, they actually. Um, in Stranger Things, they we were talking about this earlier. They have um, when the teacher, when Dustin uh, calls the teacher, trying to get information from him. Um, they're actually watching that. He's on a date, and they're actually watching that on the TV. And she's freaking out because it's a scene where they're in the um, like the hospital room on the table, and his face is melting off the table. Yeah. And he's like, "It's just rubber." And she's like, "Oh, really?" And then you know, it, it's so awesome. I didn't yeah. even know that actually until Stranger Things. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. But they did such an amazing job with the effects, and it looked, in my opinion, I thought it looked realistic. I think they did a oh, very good job. I thought it looked great. Uh, me and Doug were actually having a conversation about this earlier, and I, I was saying that, like, I think in the, the uh, prequel, that it's almost too CGI. Yeah, I was going to say... I, and, and, and I like it, don't get me wrong, and it looks good, but in the first one, it just looks like it's real. It's like, real, yeah. Like, when he's absorbing the body, it almost looks like he's birthing. It has, like, yeah, that yeah, goo yeah. all over the place. Yeah. It's like it's like but, a placenta. I think they did... You know? I, for CGI, so I think CGI sucks, but for the most part, I think they did the best that they could with CGI. To keep it they down, They could have yeah. made it really, it could have been terrible CGI. No, they definitely it, toned it down, yeah. Like, uh, but but it didn't have in that realism to me. Speaking of consuming the other body, I think at least on the table in this one, 
when um, one of the Norwegian guys is consumed and they're, and they're trying to dissect it to see what's happened. I think that was an actual prop, at least. It wasn't CGI. Mm. They actually did well with that. So some of the scenes, they kept that original feel to it um, as opposed to just doing full-on CGI. And they, So I'm glad that they did that. Well, I, I still think this movie's better than half of the movies that have come out in 2018. I don't, you know, yeah. all these fucking hereditary no. and a quiet place. I thought it was that. This man. was good, man. You know, I mean, this is better than those. And those, those are scoring in high 90s. I know a lot of people would disagree with us, and that's fine, but I can't stand some of these new movies that come out. I mean, come on, this is better than Bird Box. <laughs> I haven't seen Bird Box, so I cannot uh, judge. Yeah, I still haven't either. It, it's good, but it's mm. not, you know, people going, oh, it's horrifying, it's suspenseful, it's, yeah, it's okay, but... But there's so many good movies that have been given shit ratings. I'm like, I mean, these are probably people that don't watch horror, anything suspenseful or scary, and then also they watch one movie and because it's on Netflix and it goes viral. It goes you know? viral, and there's yeah, there's so many other good movies that yeah, I, I think this this movie was heavily overlooked it, because they did a good job chronologically trying to line up the flick. Um, obviously, in this one, the in the 2011 prequel, the main character um, is not. You know our heroic Kurt Russell. They they went with a female lead instead, um, Elizabeth Winston. I don't. Uh, and Mary Marie Winston. Marie. I don't know. Uh, Katie Lloyd. Yeah. Plays Katie Lloyd in the movie, um, but it's Marie Elizabeth Winston. I don't know who she is. Uh, I don't, she hasn't been in much. Um, she was in something. Um, she was actually in the um, the Black Christmas remake. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, she mm-hmm. was in uh, one or one of the Ring Two, I think, Paranormal Activity Three. She, okay, all right. But other than that, she did a lot of TV shows and stuff like that. But what the one thing I noticed they tried too hard on. Speaking of, they tried way too hard to make uh, Sam Carter's character, uh, Sam Carter, played by Joel Edgerton. They tried to make him look like Kurt Russell. Yeah, He's the pilot. They gave him the scruffy. The scruffy look. They tried to. He has the same eyes as Kurt Russell. He's got those like you know slanted eyes. So, yeah, he, they tried too hard. I knew it. I was like, sexy squinty eyes. He prefers to go by. And she guys. was all. She's John McClane's daughter in Live Free or Die Hard. Yes, which is she's that's who she is. Oh, okay. She's also in Final right. Destination Three. There was a few that I remember we were talking about earlier. All right. And she's in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which was a pretty big movie too. Yeah. So she's been in some she's stuff. Not, she she yeah. has. It's just like not a memorable one. Me nor have the you girl ever seen next door look? Yeah, yeah, live free or die hard. Yeah, have you seen oh, yeah. It? yeah, she's the daughter. I mean, she's like one of the stars of the movie. She's one of the top three people in it. But I didn't know either until I looked it up. I forgot. You know? Yeah, I, I'm looking at because that came out in '07. This, this. That came out four years before this. So yeah, and I haven't seen live free or die hard probably since '08. So yeah, I <laughs> so saw I saw the theater and that was yeah. it. Yeah, been quite a while. But yeah, no, the effects of the first one are great, man. And that guy ended up doing like the howling and. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he's RoboCops. And he's I, worked and on I the think, RoboCops. Uh, the so storyline. So the 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 original thing was uh, written by who's our screenwriter for that? It's uh, Bill Lancaster. Screenplay. Um, so I think the storyline in general for the original was done really well. I like how everything played out. The dog gets into the camp, takes over the other dogs, starts to take over the humans. Um, you know, then then it becomes a game of division, and it's you stand in this corner. We have to make sure that uh, you haven't been infected. This is how we're gonna know. Um, and then when it, once it's weeded back down to you know basically Kurt Russell, who who I, I, who's the the only survivor I thought is Kurt Russell in the end, right? Nope. And, uh, and, 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 and um, 
what's his name? Uh, I forget his name in the movie, but uh, is it uh, Childs? Ke- Kevin yeah. David yeah. Childs. Childs. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Them yeah. Two. Keith David. Keith, Keith David. David Childs. And they just sit there passing off the ball. Yeah, and kind of goes. And I black. love that because you don't yeah. know. You're like, do they survive? Yeah, do, do they not survive? It's almost like the ending of Halloween Three. It's like, it's fucking awesome. does the world end? Yeah. Like or like, does, does civilization doom? And, and I love that because it's open for interpretation. But this this was done, um, at, you know, with, with the prequel. I just I love that you had the whole storyline. Uh, they it starts off with them in the Arctic, but they find the ship carrying the thing. They find the <clears throat> the thing was obviously looking for a host, and it left its ship um, and ended up freezing in the ice in the Arctic. But I mean, <clears throat> I like how they pick that up. Uh, they get a whole research team out there to to look into it. Goddamn and, Norwegians um, always sticking their heads where they don't belong. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it, it just picks up from there. Basically, almost the same type of storyline um, to lead us up to the the be- very beginning of the first movie. The only part that I found far-fetched in the prequel was when they chase the thing back to the ship. And they fall between the crevices of the, of the wings when the wings expand from the ship. Mm-hmm. And they fall. I'm like, you're falling like I don't even know how far down, how many stories down into the ship, and you, you know, you you land, then you get up, and you're like wandering around the ship. That was the only part where I'm like, cut this out of the movie. Yeah, that that's. So my whole thing is the thing, even though it's like kind of dealing with aliens, aliens. Yeah, and it has a one scene at the beginning with the ship. Yeah, it's very. It's not really an alien movie though. It has. It's more like just like this like morphing creature. Whereas, like, the, the prequel was more like an actual alien movie, it felt like. They're on the ship, it felt like I was watching yeah. Aliens, you know? It felt... And that's what kind of... I mean, I liked it, but it kind of... That was one of the things I wasn't a big fan of, because I'm not a humongous fan of alien movies. Some are great, like Event Horizon, stuff like that. I'm surprised... I thought, I thought you were a huge fan of, like, alien, aliens. Um, like, as far as movies go? Yeah, like the, the actual movies. Ridley Scott I know. movie. I re- I've only seen the original Aliens like maybe once. Well, I mean, Alien is like a slow, slow burn, but like Aliens is just like action and yeah, that was craziness current. going on. But I'm surprised you, ever, you never really got into those. I don't know. Besides the Predator, like and Event, Event Horizon ruined it for me. It was such a good movie. Um, what's his name from uh, Jurassic Park? What's his name? I don't know. Uh, O'Neill something O'Neill. Yeah, he was in Mouth of Madness too, right? Yes, oh, exactly. That, that's, yeah. that's good. And um, good. and he's just such an intense, you know, actor, and just the whole storyline um, for Ben Rise. But anyway, and that's kind of what reminded me of. Um, I almost said Neil Patrick Harris. I I, I, I know I did. I was the same thing. I stopped my. Right when you said Neil, I was immediate. Like my mind was Neil Patrick Harris. I don't know why. Definitely not Neil Patrick Harris. Now I gotta look it up. Thanks. Um, but the other thing, Sam O'Neill. Sam O'Neill. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but I, I think Marco kind of hit the, the head, the head on the nail, um, with th- this, this one here, it just doesn't have that, in, um, that the tense. The prequel. I'm sorry, yeah, the prequel. Is that um, because it's a prequel? Do you, well, do you I, I don't it's... know, just the, the, the 1982, it, 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 it's like a, a mystery and a horror. So it kind of keeps on your toes the whole time, keeps you wanting to watch, like, oh, fuck, like, that guy just did that, or is he one... You know, this here, it, they find out too quick how to, like, test it, and it's kind of not as in, intense. And then they kind of use some of the same stuff. Like, they come up with the blood thing like Kurt Russell did. You know, they could have probably been a little more 
Creative. Creative in that regard. I mean, they did do the teeth thing in this one, which was pretty cool. Check if they had fillings because the, uh, yes, the thing that, can't... That was, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, like the, the thing can't uh, recreate like non, fillings. Non, yeah, Non-organic material. Non-organic material. Non-organic material. Yeah, yeah, nothing that doesn't have cells. If anybody has anything metal... Yeah. What is that? Oh, that was a... And that's another thing, yeah. Rejected the metal on the in the uh, on the, the bone arm, break, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny though, because at the end, there's the scene um, where she, it's them two, and they're going to the bombardier thing to like leave, and then she's like, you know, she steps back, and she's like, you know how I know you weren't, um, you're not human, and she's like, the earring was on the other ear, so they kind of like learn to. Yes. Yeah, Conan adapt, o- you know. Adapt yeah, Conan side. O'Brien's here. This guy. But they, yeah, yeah. The earring was on the other side. <laughs> but he Conan massively O'Brien. fucked up. He yeah. does look like Conan O'Brien, dude. I'm he, telling he you. Does. They, he they does. tried to make him look like Kurt Russell. It's obvious. They were like, well, we, but, kinda, we should probably have our Kurt Russell character. But he looks like Conan O'Brien, so it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. Right. <laughs> I, I don't want to bang him in the face. So he, they didn't do good, too, too good of a job. You know what else I learned off the original thing, uh, 82 or whatever, the, uh, the Kurt Russell thing is, Wilfred Brimley... Is that an actual actor? <laughs> I did not know that. Hi, I'm Wilfred Brimley. Yeah. Is it like the... The diabetes. The diabetes. The diabetes guy. <laughs> Tom Fry. Tom Fry. <laughs> yeah. So, I learned that. That's cool. Yeah, same I here. I had no idea he was like a legit... Like, in, in a shitload of movies. And I always thought that and like... And he's a lot of movies, too. Yeah. A, a lot of old westerns. I guess he's like a real cowboy, whatever the fuck oh, okay. that means. Okay. And that's why, like, with the scene where he's like cutting the... The thing open and John Carpenter's like, "Are you okay with these really disturbing scenes?" And he's like, "It's like taking the laundry out of the dryer." And he's like, "He's just fucking." He's way more. Te- he needs to shave his mustache. He, he has. Oh, not. that was a, that's his iconic mustache. Well, now, but not then. Then he was clean shaven, uh, and he's had the crazy hair. Oh, he's dead. But he's so he? good in this. Is he dead in real life? No, yeah. I, th- <laughs> I don't know. Is he? I, I don't think so. I'm gonna look it up. No, Wilfred. Him, him and him and um. Betty White are gonna live forever. No, Betty Betty White's indestructible. She just turned ninety seven like today, yesterday yeah, or today. today yeah. I just I told we should start a GoFundMe page, keep Betty White alive in twenty nineteen. <laughs> I would I would pay into that. So a, a lot of the beautiful scenery um, was uh, filmed in either Alaska or Canada. Oh really? Uh, a lot of Bl- British Columbia. Um, a lot of Saskatchewan. I mean, you know, when you say the movie takes place in the Arctic, it's, it's not too hard to just... Let's film it in a remote area full of snow and ice. Yeah, let's, and then, so a lot of the scenes, like the in scenes, in the in scenes, like the uh, indoor, kind of like when they're in there, the, the barracks and stuff, a lot of that was actually taped right in L.A. in like the sound studios, or the studios. But they said they had to keep it at like 40 degrees Fahrenheit to kind of like have the breath and... Okay, but yeah. but at the time it was like over a hundred degrees outside, and they're trying to keep these the studio at forty degrees, so it's like it was a little bit of a challenge. Wow, Brimley is indeed alive. You guys are correct. Yes. How how old is that mofo? Uh, I think he's eighty seven or eighty four. He's right. in the eighties somewhere. How, how old is his mustache? Oh, his mustache is. <laughs> it's because he's a real. And cowboy. you know, it's funny. Another thing now that I I just read quickly, I skimmed through it, but. When I was a kid, I remember him now. He was in the Quaker Oat commercials. That was him? That was him. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my God, yep. you're right. Yep. 84. Wow. He's 84. 84. But yeah, he was in the Quaker Oat commercials. That's I why he's no alive. idea. Yeah. yeah. It's all that free Quaker Oats I get with. From <laughs> you know what? I I got qu- it's funny. I actually know Wilford Brimley more from like Family Guy than I know him from anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. That and the commercials that they made fun of. You know, that, yeah, that yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who the hell did I hit? <laughs> yeah. My wife's been dead for five years. Who the hell did I hit? Dude, yeah, those... Hey, it's Lars Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like Lars. Right there he does, yeah. Just that, like, one little scene. All right, so honorable mention, um, Eric Olsen from 
the the prequel, the 2011 version, also was in Beer Fest, which now we have to watch Beer Fest mm-hmm. after this. Yeah, it's he, it's me and Doug's favorite comedy, pretty much. He, he plays one of the I'm not Germans. Sure about Kevin. Yeah. I know Kevin knows it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if Kevin likes comedies. I do. Yeah, hmm. like rom coms, like Beer the ones you're making. Huh. Yeah. Was, was gr- good. good. Yeah, it was good. It was great. My, me and Lauren, we love um, Hot Tub Time Machine one and two. Mm. That's like we love that those <sighs> comedies. Don't even compare to Beer Fest. <laughs> but they're good. <laughs> Beer Fest is great, though. Oh, God, oh. it's such a classic. Um, oh, that's pretty convincing, too, man. Where he shreds, he's on the hel- helicopter, and he shreds into the fucking thing. That was pretty good. It, it was done well. I'll tell you, it's not as good as the original 82, but I I, I, I like this a lot. I might even I might buy it for my digital collection. It, it gets my digital approval. Digital. I only buy movies that I think are movies worth watching multiple times and I, I think I would I would purchase this if I were to never see the original and just to see this yeah it's good it's, it's I, I, I would I would think but I know I just it's good I just really wish they did like what, what the exorcist did like exorcist the beginning yes you know that way I it's know. like okay I'm not just watching the same movie over again it's like I I think that would have been more appealing like I said at the beginning of the podcast I have skipped over this movie on the basis that I thought it was a remake. I had nothing. I didn't look into it any further than I saw the cover and said, uh, "It's it's just the remake of Carpenters." And I'm not not gonna fucking watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? So if they had some kind of and that sucks, distinction, yeah. I have a bad feeling. I can only imagine what's out there. How many movies are out there that may not be, um, you know, a remake? Might actually be a prequel or yeah. same or with Black Christmas, which sequel. we just did. The, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but Black Christmas like dives in the whole character, which kind of doesn't really interest me in that regard. I still Ta- was it Tommy or what's his name? Again? Oh, she Billy, was, Billy, hey. Billy, Billy, Billy. She was in the. I said that right. She was in the black remake of Black Christmas. She was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You didn't mention yeah. that. I don't think. But uh, I haven't watched the remake yet. No, I want to though for or many is reasons. It, is that another one? Is that a prequel or a sequel? I think it's. Prequel. I think it's a, a prequel. No, I think it might even be. Uh, it's a, a remake. Sequel. What are you talking about? Black Christmas. Remake? Yeah. Is it a? I'm pretty sure it's a remake, but with more backstory on on Billy. Oh, okay. So killer. yeah, I but they look so that. modern. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like 70s okay. and like. Again, that's a classic. At least when I beat yeah, off to the the, the cover. Well, maybe maybe they do do it in modern modern era. You know what I mean? I don't know. I haven't Olivia seen it, so Hussie. I can't speak. Once again, we go back to Olivia <laughs> Hussey. <laughs> Hussie Everything goes awesome. back to Hussey. It always comes back to Hussey. Oh, um, so back in 1983, this. The original was uh, nominated for Best Horror, Best Science Fiction, and then the Razzie Worst Musical Score Award, but won none of them. It never, so it never won any awards at the time. Shit. No, it's good that it didn't win a Razzie. Yeah, yeah. That's basically making fun of movies. Uh, <laughs> it didn't have the. You think this would the original would have did better if it had like a, a better score? Well, it had it had uh, Stevie Wonder, Superstitious. That was yeah yeah the part where he tells him to turn down the radio in the kitchen. Oh yeah, it would have. And then it just has that noise. Boom boom. I think it would have been better if Carpenter had had done the score for this. I'm I'm actually surprised he didn't do the score. Yeah, or at least maybe it would have been awesome because he had done so many damn scores and it's like it's just it's it's a shock. Yeah, because for for those reasons, when you when you're you know there's not not a lot going on besides like the beautiful scenery and like the the barrack scenes like yeah you almost need that that aspect of the creepy music to add the the vibe that's not there visually like because he's not creeping down like a um like michael myers or something creeping down like a a neighborhood it's like you have these thin little halls and like these rooms like so you really need that element yeah he would have done great in this score um i know you you had already mentioned stranger things and the professor picking up the phone and seeing the thing playing on tv 
did you mention um I, I don't i don't remember if we had mentioned the other gem in there the other thing reference in stranger things oh that's right the okay. kids in the basement um while they're they're playing dungeons and dragons and stuff you can see that there's the thing poster in the background which is cool it is cool yeah so you can tell that you know again one of their many references in stranger things why we all love that show I'm ready for season three, by the way. Comes when? out July 4th. July, huh? Why July? I don't know. It's so weird. They did that but last it's cool. time, too. I, I think this... <clears throat> like Lauren was saying, she, she brought up a good point. She was like, oh, yeah, you didn't know from the cover? Because it's them, like, holding hands, and they're all outside, and there's fireworks. She's like, yeah, this one's going to be more about, like, the love story. They're getting older. It's going to be more of, like, the... I think it's going to have a little more of a love story. It'll still have, obviously, some, some horror aspects to it. But this will be more like a stand-by-me. Hmm... Have you guys seen Stand By Me? Oh, movies? yeah, many times. I, I think uh, it's going to be... I don't know if it's going to follow that, that, that storyline, right? But I think it's still going to be more of a structured storyline of the kids getting older. Like a coming of age? Coming of age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming yeah, of age point. kind of... Okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe. I, I'm curious know. to see what they do with it. I just... That second season... Gary Busey's in it. Is he really? I think Gary Busey's going to have a part in Does it. Does he play like a crazy alcoholic Dude, every, uncle like in Silver Bullet? You know what it is. This is what's happening. Now that that show has blown up, everybody wants to jump on and get a piece of the pie. Yeah. Everyone wants to basically um, restart their acting career. Well, they all saw what Winona Ryder did. She was kind of blacklisted for a long time for being a chef, shoplifter. Yeah. They they couldn't have chose a they couldn't have made, chose a better character for her. For she her did. Part. She yeah. did. She's doing a great job. Yeah, she show. she killed it. I, I'm just kind of worried because the, the only thing I didn't like about that second season was uh, they started introducing like the sister, like Eleven's sister, and like all these other this whole other group of people. Oh, and you're gonna see that. There's gonna be more, dude. There's gonna be more character development. Yeah, it kind of. I just hope they throw more hidden gems in there, like like what we had with season one and two. So season one, you had the thing. And there are a couple other things they'd have to rewatch to to catch. But season two, they had Michael Myers. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of metal so, too. By yeah, the way. a yeah. lot of metal in season two. A lot of Metallica and. And the music's great cool. too. I I love all that that stuff that they had a good mix in there, good eighties mix. Um, but yeah, so hopefully they'll they'll add some more hidden gems, just just like they did with the last two series. So, one last thing, uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about the thing series. I just want to say one more thing, and I know I kind of kind of talked about it a little earlier, but I really want to give a nod to Rob Botten. Bot Botten. All right, <laughs> I, I keep forgetting his name. But he did the special effects in the thing, which I think was revolutionary in special effects at the time. Because I don't think I remember anything before that had anything so awesome. And I just want to shout out, he also did movie. he did The Fog, Humanoids from the Deep, which is an obscure horror movie that I've actually seen that these guys haven't, which is amazing to me. Really? And he did the RoboCop it. series and Legend, if anybody remembers that, okay. with Tom Cruise. And I, and I, I love Legend. And uh, who's the guy, the Rocky Horror Picture Show guy who plays the Satan in it? Oh, oh. What's his name? Um... He's in Home Alone. He's the the two, yeah. He the looks butler. like the Grinch. Yeah, he's he's the butler. oh yeah. He's the guy Have who a played the day. devil. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, him, he's in it too, and I love that guy. Tim Curry. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's he also it. You he also, Curry, he yeah. also played um, Pennywise. Pennywise. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to shout that out because that's what I think made the thing gave the the thing just that edge it needed, and it, obviously Carpenter's directing too. Uh, but that's it for me, and I, yeah. I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And Since we're in 2019, movies to look forward to. It seems like the horror genre is picking up, which is great for us, podcasting about horror. Uh, but it seems like horror is starting to become more mainstream, after, especially after... Um, uh, oh, what the hell is his name? I can't remember his first name, but Del Toro did the... Um, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. 
but he had he had basically done the uh, more modern version of uh, Creature from the Lagoon, mm-hmm. um, Shape of Water, and that had, I think that actually won a major yeah. award. Isn't that another think it won an Oscar. fish bestiality type movie like yes, the, like the is. one you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, the humanoids from the deep, the one yeah, I just mentioned. Yeah. yeah, that's basically yeah. They and that's not a prequel yeah. to that, right? I I don't know. <laughs> I have I don't know Shape of Water or whatever it's called. <laughs> did, uh, did you see Shape of? I've never seen I, it. I own it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, and God, I'm sure there are going to be movie buffs out there that are crucifying me for his name, but I, I is it Guillermo? Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it is. Yeah, yeah so I've del Toro. Name, yeah. He, he, Guillermo del that's that's great. Guillermo del Toro though, he's done some killer movies in Spanish, which there's some I still really want to see. But with The Shape of Water, it, he brought it basically to you know the forefront for mainstream, and and he took that old school Universal monster horror element and mixed it in, did an awesome job with it. Still kind of like a love story, but. The fact of the matter is, he brought you know classic horror to the forefront, and it it won an Oscar. I'm pretty sure it won an Oscar, which is which is major. And all these other movies have been coming out, and even though some of them I hate, uh, they've been killing it in the box office, and that's that's good for for horror people like us because I think some of the really good horror that's been you know overlooked. Maybe we're gonna get a lot more movies that'll be budgeted, like we just saw with Halloween that did some crazy number since we first covered it. I, it, I think it's already almost doubled or tripled mm-hmm. that amount, like, like by an insane number. So we got um, Happy Death Day two coming out, which I don't, I didn't like. I don't, I don't like Happy Death Day. I'm, I'm not gonna like Happy Death Day two. But for you fans out there that like that, that's coming out. Uh, Jordan Peele's Us again, not a Jordan Peele fan, but if you are, Us is coming out. Pet Cemetery. Uh, Child's Play is coming out. Yeah, that looks dumb. Midsummer. The change in that. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark looks awesome. Ooh, isn't, is that based off the book? Or is that Tales in the Dark? No. Uh, no, the classic Alvin Schwartz stories that terrified generations are being okay. adapted as a movie. Did yeah. you guys ever read those I, uh, as no. a kid? Is that the one with the creepy... So there's one cover where it looks like a clown head mm-hmm. with, like a, with pipe. Like a pipe. Yep. Yeah, yeah. My yep. mom used to read those say, to say, me. Do you remember the one where the the lady, she would go and visit her sick friend and she always had a scarf on and then one day she went to go visit her she went to go take the star, scarf off and her head rolled off? Yes. Like that shit freaked me out as a kid. Can't wait to see it. In yeah, the, I, think it, no, I think I think and I think Guillermo's going to kill Real it. Real quick, I just want to know, going back to Child's Play, does this have anything to do with the current series? It doesn't, right? It does not. And this, he's like a robot now, this right? Is or a, like this that? is a reboot uh, to the 1988 murder style classic. <clears throat> he's going to be robotic. Yeah, so we'll yeah. See. But we'll see where it goes. I don't know about all we'll that. We'll see where it goes. I love um, the original Child's Play. The yeah, Grudge awesome. is coming out. Who cares? We haven't seen The Grudge <laughs> once already. <laughs> They're bringing it back for... Or another adaptation. Who cares, man? That whole era of horror movies, like The Ring, The Grudge, The This, The That, The Do, whatever the hell, uh, hated that whole era. It Chapter 2 is coming out, which is going to be awesome. I haven't seen It Chapter 1. Oh, so. dude, The Ring. I know, was... I didn't see it too. Okay, so that. The Undertaker. That movie is so much fucking better than the original series, TV series. It's so much better. I mean, man. it had a bigger budget. It made budget, it more it horrifying. Was, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, a, it was a cinematic release, not a TV movie. The Lighthouse is coming out. I know a box Robert, the lighthouse is pretty cool. Robert Eggers, uh, who last scared us with the witch, which I liked, or oh, the, yeah, the one with the two V's, the bitch with the witch, yeah. I've seen it either. Ama- I, I, I loved it. I thought it was that, great. That's like the really creepy old. Um, so the lighthouse is going to be a new adaptation of Nosferatu. 
Okay, I've featuring used... Willem Dafoe, because who else looks like Nosferatu? Uh, actually, I love Willem Dafoe. I yeah, watch I it just too. based on that. He's so good. Anything he does, I don't care. Even the Green Goblin, I, whatever. I, think I don't we're give a really, shit. I think who's getting like the Green Goblin? Um, Into the Tall Grass. Not sure what that's about, but that's coming out. And then there's some TV Shape. things that are coming out. So you got some TV series. Good Omens, uh, Lock and Key, Lovecraft Country. Uh, yeah, there's there's some the Twilight Zone again. It's coming back. Jordan Peele's doing it though, and it's gonna be political, and uh, I don't want to get into it. Um, but yeah, he's Jordan Peele's doing the Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, books, and there's other things coming up. Uh, and kind of horror, I think. Eh, horror elements. We, I I just saw on YouTube Ghostbusters three. Oh yeah, but with the original. No, they can't do the original, but it's got three fourths of them, maybe three fourths. We don't. They haven't announced if the guys are coming back for it. It is definitely not going to be the awful feminist movie <laughs> paint that tanked terribly. Uh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> End of that. That was it. Uh, it's it's um, it was pretty bad. It's though. being picked up though from the original writer or director. It's his son, and his son said, "He's like, I'm doing what my dad did. I'm picking up, and it's going to be." Um, basically based around in the style of the original movies right so it's going to pick up i mean With they the show tag, yeah, and, they, sense, and yeah. they show the car you know in in the barn and it's like it's covered and it's like weathered and all this shit oh it looks it looks incredible just from that one scene i'm like oh yeah i'm pumped up for it so i'm hoping they get you know a couple of the guys back that would be sweet that would be good we'll see at least bill murray definitely bill murray is like uh, for me probably my favorite comedic actor of all oh, time he's awesome. like by far might even be one of my top like five actors in general i yeah. love that guy even his little role in zombie land which is like the most horror <laughs> thing he's ever done which is awesome man like his little little part in that is like my favorite part of he, that whole movie he, it's probably one of my favorite besides like what about bob that's probably my favorite like bill murray movie. really what about bob i love what about bob Don't i love what wrong. About but there's nothing good. better to it's you good. than what about bob um, Scrooge. Scrooge is good. Scrooge is great, but it depresses me. What about the Bob? Just say, it's like he's like just like this fucking. I just love the fairy beating the shit out of him constantly. <laughs> like like. Surprise me a little. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this, we should do that as a Halloween costume. That'd be good. Her and I would be good. But but uh, yeah. Sorry, getting back to yeah. I, I love that guy. I, I love when he shoots him by mistake because he's dressed up as a zombie. Yeah yeah yeah. He's yeah, going to yeah, play yeah. golf and then he. He's like, now that you're dying, do you have any regrets? He's like, well, Garfield. <laughs> yeah, and then the, 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 the what's her name? Uh, the Emma chicken, Stone. Emma Stone, and she laughs as he's dying. He's like, he just gets me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I love that movie. I've watched that movie a thousand times. So, getting deeper into uh, the depression of winter, what have you guys been listening on the metal front? Actually, I've uh, been staying away from depressing. I've been listening to more party atmosphere and stuff. A little tankered. Ooh. A little more thrash metal-y. A little overkill. Okay. Overkill's always like on my list, though. I mean, that, that doesn't change. They have a new record coming out, too, right? They do, yeah, yeah. I, which I, I thought the the first song I heard off, I can't remember the name, and I, it will not come to me. They, but they've been consistent. It's pretty good. But the album's going to be called The Wings of War. Yeah. It's their 19th studio record. That's 19. Travis Smith doing the artwork. Naturally. Is that the case? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, dude, uh, i just been listening to them. Even today, uh, while I was waiting for Doug, actually, uh, to record this podcast, I was waiting. I got here first, so I was waiting here outside. In I the listened cold to the whole... for an hour. I was in my car, so it was okay. Naked. Just make him feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. But I was... Uh, cold? <laughs> well, I got here early. I mean, it's not his fault. <clears throat> but I listened to the whole Taken Over record. That's what I listened to. And nice. then the nice. next thing I listened to right after that was Destroyer 666, which, oh, I've been listening to a lot of them, too. 
uh, ever since uh, going to Atlanta, my, my stayed at my friend Matt Green's house, and that dude just introduced me to them, like nice. really hardcore. And ah, man, I love those guys. Speaking of, tell us your our little story about Overkill, the vinyl record with the oh the yeah. Treat. So I still need to follow up on this, but but years ago, Kevin, um, when he first kind of got into thrash, went on a spending spree, and and. and Pretty much put himself in debt buying Purchase fucking half of eBay, <laughs> buying records I off did that eBay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Michael took over from him. <laughs> taking over. So years later, I, I ended up buying the collection off him, and tucked in the um, under the influence um, LP, but in, like the sleeve was like an original picture of <laughs> Polaroid, right? So no, not even. I, I wish it was. I'd need more. But um, so definitely a young, young, young Bobby Blitz. Definitely Dee Dee Verney, and I don't know if it's Rat Skates. Or I don't know who the other... There's only three of them, but they're in front of, like, a liquor store. It's probably Rat Skates. Or, like, yeah, because I think he was, like, the earliest... Those are the earliest three members. Yeah, because you can tell Bobby Blitz, Blitz must be all of, like, 18. First, I was like, was this part of the record? Yeah. Right? We didn't know. We had no idea, and I did so much research. I could, I, I've never seen that image anywhere else. I've never seen it, like, anybody talking about it in, in like, a record. So somebody owned that that knew them, I think, took the picture and just put it in there. I don't know if it was, like, a... Maybe a chick had a crush on him. You know, yeah, there's no lipstick yeah. on it. You know, so until cool. I got yeah, it. It's cool. Did Bobby have like a cape on or anything like that? No, he's just wearing no. short shorts okay. up to here. I'll, because I'll... if it was like the cape era, like because they wore like uh, like vampire looking stuff when they first okay. came out. And, uh, actually, what's his face? Danny Spitz, mm-hmm. who went on to be an Anthrax, Anthrax was yeah. an original member of Overkill before they released like an actual studio record. It, it must have. It must have been. Early in their career, but not that early. Yeah, probably. Well, enough, they weren't. They, they were weren't young. performing either, though. They were just no, hanging out for the liquor store. Out, but they looked young. Right. Young, yeah. like like I, I would say. I mean, because all right, so they were in front of a liquor store. When did the drinking age get bumped back up to twenty one? Uh, I think somewhere in the seventies. I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I think it was somewhere in the seventies that it got bumped up. Hmm. Yeah, but anyway, um, but Maybe I they're outside trying to get some hobo to buy them liquor. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or, that's, that. or somebody caught them and were there. Or, you know, <laughs> hey, it'd be really cool if we took a picture in front of the liquor store, man. I mean, that's what it probably was. And you can tell freaking one of them has got their face over there, yeah. their shirt over their face. And you can just tell they're a bunch of, like, young yeah, goofballs. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But so I, I ended up putting on, like, a metal site. Just in, like, has anybody seen this before? And some guy's like, oh, I know Bobby. He's like, if you email me, I'll forward it to him. And I, I never got around to it. <laughs> and I still need uh, to, because I want to. I, I, you know, it's on my list for this do weekend. It, I'm gonna do, I, need to, I need to refine the picture. Because he'll get back to you. So it's a great story. Yeah, and I'm just, you know, because if, if I were in Bobby's shoes and someone found this picture from your heyday 30 years ago, I'd want to see that, you know? Yeah. Especially if it's original, one of a kind, or if he's like, oh, I got a thousand of those in my house, used to hand them out. Or if it's like, oh shit, I've never seen this, someone took this, and, you know, a huh. friend back in the day. So it's kind of a weird little enigma, which I need to solve eventually. Yeah. Be, that was the story you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, Dude, Doug, I, uh, the other one, Doug. The other story. No. My. Uh, what, what have you been listening to? The other. Hold on. I have one quick other Bobby Blitz story, which I'm sure you guys heard a million times. But when I went on the first 70k, um, uh, I, I ran into Bobby Blitz and his wife in the food court, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to bother them while they're eating. But like, so me, me and his wife were taking pictures of all like the fruit. They'd take the fruit, and they would have like 70k, and then have like like different like things carved into mm-hmm. the fruit. Yep. So me and, me and his wife were going around taking pictures. I didn't realize it was his wife. And then all of a sudden he comes over and I'm like, you know, we introduced, said hi. And like, they, they went and sat down and ate. And I went and sat down and ate. And all of a sudden he comes running over and he's like, just so you know, there's like three more on the other side. 
in case you want to get a picture. And I'm like, thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> like you're, he's just the coolest yeah, guy. He's a cool dude. Yeah, he's just so down to earth. And I'm just like, thank and, you, thank you, Bobby. <laughs> and I think that's what makes me like want to listen to Overkill even more. Like even today, like my roommate asked me, he's like, uh, I guess it was like a Facebook question. What would you rather listen to, Overkill's Taking Over or The Legacy? If you can listen to one of them Ooh. from Take Testament. Over. And I, right away, instantly, taking over, because that album, to me, has more meaning. Now, if you say The New Order, I might have to think about it a little bit more. Still taking over. Yeah, but but for me, taking over is one of my favorite thrash records in the whole wide world. I mean, it's not my favorite. It's right up there. And I think, honestly, Overkill should be freaking right there in the big four discussion. I, I think Along so, Along with Testament, don't get me wrong, but, like, but that was just, <laughs> you know, to him, he's like, I can't believe you answered that with such ease. And I'm like, taking, Overkill means so much more to me. I think we can confirm up. that uh, Marco loves Overkill. I do, I do. Mark. Overkill to me was one of the first major thrash. I remember when I was like seven, eight years old, I actually bought the the Fuck You cassette tape. Ooh, and I was my, actually I was actually just looking at that two days ago. On I want that on vinyl. Yeah, and my uncle was like yelling at my parents because I brought it on a, a trip with, that I took with my uncle. So he went and yelled at my parents for letting me have the tape because that's just a big middle finger on it. it what do you think ridiculous. is so? So obviously you, you love most of their catalog. What do you think is their worst record? Oh, uh, I, I would I hear say black? Uh, I hear black is up there for me. I don't like that record, and that's controversial because a lot of people actually kind of like that record. I don't people. Hate, I don't hate it. People but, like that era. But like I, when he almost got in like the Danzig kind of yeah, tried to melodies. go blues rock. It, yeah, everybody tried to go blues rock it's, because Metallica did it and it was successful. And and I should say Metallica and Megadeth because their their record was at the same fucking time. It's but it worked. It was a successful uh, uh, concoction of music, and people were like, "Fuck it, let's all try to do an album." Yeah. It definitely, for me, I Hear Black is definitely bottom two or three. I think Relics 14 could be thrown in there, yeah. uh, which isn't a really good record. I yeah, do like some be... of the records, though. Like, From the Underground and Below is one of my favorite records, and that came out somewhere around 97. I was going to say, the 90s sucked in general. I yeah, but I think they had some good stuff. I mean, if you listen to From the Underground and Below, it has uh, Long Time Dying on it, which is one of their better songs. You know, Necroshine is on Necroshine, obviously. Okay, all right. And yeah. then you got... WFO. Um, WFO has, like, They Eat Their Young. And, yep. Um, um, uh, Bastard Nation. Good tune. Fucking... What's the other one, man? There's one more really good one. Uh, uh, where It Hurts. What's Your Problem? Yeah, Where It Hurts, too, right? Isn't that on where, that album? Where, yep, yep. You know, those are some good rec- uh, good tunes. I mean, uh, as a whole, though, they're 90s to me. Like, I, I don't listen to their albums front to back too much, but I skip around, definitely. Yeah, you But uh, yeah. not, like, their first four or five records. I mean, anything through Horoscope, I can listen to front to back. Like, no issues. Dude, Ironbound's probably one of the best uh, uh, comeback well, thrash albums. Yeah, I, I mean, can you really call it, it actually is really a comeback, good. or is it just like a return to form? Um, you're I'd right, because they, they were always... Because con- it consistently came out records. You're right, they, it wasn't really... Maybe a return to form, maybe I that's think, a better way of putting it. I know we were saying, like, if you could, if it was between The Legacy or Taking Over or even with New Order, I feel like these two bands, are, The Testament and Overkill, are still competing even with the comeback albums. They're mm-hmm. both killing it with their comeback. I agree. I agree. I, I, I think that those two have put out probably the best product out of any older thrash band. Although, I do feel like Megadeth is also coming back too. Yeah, but with they that put greatest out a, hits album that no one cares they, about. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Announcement. And, and how dumb is greatest the name? Hits. How is the dumb as the name Warheads on Foreheads? 
Is that really the name of it? That's the name of the fucking yeah, album. Real. I'm no, so pissed real. off I have to stand up. It's real. It's literally <laughs> called Warheads on Foreheads. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's, That's awful. Ridiculous. Yeah, and it's 35 tracks, so it's got to be like a you know double or triple CD or what something. Did they, did they call Marty Friedman in Japan and say, hey, we want you, what, what do you think about this? Hey, what you win? I think it should be Warheads for Foreheads, but I'm not really into metal anymore. I'm really into the Japanese bow. Uh, Warheads for Foreskins. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll give you Megadeth as far as, like, I think Dystopia was really good. Dystopia but, is great. But Super Collider was crap. It was terrible. And I'm, I'm excited for the new record that's going to yeah. come out. We'll see what they have. But I, mean, I think for consistency, Testament and Overkill are just destroying I would it. say so, yeah. And, they, and I love I loved Jason Bittner, who's their drummer. Um, and Shadows Fall, yeah. Shadows Fall. And uh, it looks like he's sticking around Overkill for a long time. And, th- and then we have Jonathan Donay, lead guitarist, who's an Anthrax, so... The Shadows Fall Boys are like helping rejuvenate the thrash scene, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I heard the next Anthrax was supposed to be really uh, aggressive. But this last and record angry. was killer too, dude. Man. Four Old Kings, Four I, Kings. I, 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 that's probably my favorite favorite album since probably yeah. Stevie Euphoria. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nah, <laughs> I don't agree. I think it's a, it's an alright oh, record. Hey, speaking of that, okay, I'm glad you brought up Anthrax. Times better. Um, so. Back in the eighties, I don't I don't know if you guys had seen anything beyond Poltergeist. I still need to watch Poltergeist too. I've seen the band Poltergeist, thrash band, but go ahead anyway. I'm sorry. Ha- have you, have you, <laughs> I might have that vinyl. You guys album. love obviously you love the original Pol- Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. I do. Have you seen Poltergeist two? The, the man with the black hat. Yeah, long yeah. time ago though. I've among seen them all. Among, I was gonna ask mm-hmm. you. Okay, so that's because I haven't seen Poltergeist two. Yeah. And I want to. I, I think I don't. I think we should cover that series too at some point. I think yeah, that would be sick. Absolutely, man. But it reminded me of the Among the Living cover, and I'm like, I think that the, that character is based off of you know the, the Among the Living album is based off of the character from Poltergeist too. That's I'm pretty sure I read at one point in time that. I mean, I think I think a lot of their stuff is a horror movie based because yeah, they horror, do a lot of comics. comics. Like Imitation of Life could even be the thing. We got to read the lyrics. It has to be that guy though. It's the old <laughs> well, yeah, crazy well, man. Yeah, yeah, I'd that's definitely so. him. He's well, got the bolo he, tie going yeah, on and got, everything. Yeah, exactly. So it um, is. like I know because Poltergeist two apparently was almost as good as the original. Like the it, the whole series had Karen Ann until she passed away. Yeah, in three, she died which, in the making of three, I which believe. Sucks. Yeah, yeah that's I believe. Crazy. But uh, a lot of curse and shit. That's some fu- that could young. be that could be a fun episode. There's a lot of curse involved with the Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah. There. And Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that, that one I'd have to that, do a lot of research. Steven Spielberg. That was his film. He didn't want his name on it because it was around the time ET came out. Oh. And he thought it would damage his credibility with, you know, going into the more mainstream with children, and so he didn't want it originally. It's now his name is plastered all over it, the Polar Guys, but he didn't really want that out in the press. They they prefer keeping his name in ET versus makes um, sense, kind of like cre- credited, mm-hmm. but not. But it's amazing that that guy he could do everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, have you ever heard about his first movie, Duel? No. Which is like a guy against a truck. It's his first movie. It's like horror. Pretty. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'd say awesome. it's more thriller. But it was a made-for-TV movie. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually have it. Uh, if you guys ever want to watch it, I'll bring it over. Hell yeah. All right. And, uh, Next. But, oh, is it on? Yeah, yeah. But yes. we actually have it. But. Spielberg, I mean, he, he could do everything. Yeah, man. I, always, I just always depict him as like the the prime example of someone who can have a good story based around like being a kid. And, I mean, he just killed it with all those. So... Thinking of him as some type of like horror producer director, I'm just like, what? But yeah, he's always had that ability to do that spooky element. I just didn't know yeah. how far he could take it, like what the Poltergeist did. I don't mean to get all depressing, job. but he does have one of my favorite movies, is Schindler's List. 
Okay, yeah. That's one of my that favorite was, I, didn't, I didn't realize that was yeah. Spielberg. Yeah. That was his, like, passion project. He waited until a certain time to put it up, but, but like, that's, like, literally one of my favorite movies. You know me in World War II history. You yeah, want to talk yeah. about World War II? I could talk about that all day. Mark was a World War II buff. Yeah, but, uh, so that movie, to me, to, to me, it's his greatest movie ever, but, okay. but anyway, sorry to depress it. What have you been listening to? <sighs> I'm going to go find something really depressing. <laughs> oh, thanks, Marco. Well, it's winter. We're... I mean, yeah. see, my philosophy on winter is why I listen to depressing shit and then go outside and be depressed. Let's so that's why to a commercial. Trash. Now featuring, uh, not Tickle Me Elmo, what is it? Oh, uh, tickle Me Emo? Tickle Me Emo. <laughs> <laughs> if life's so fair, then why do roses have thorns? <laughs> this guy is he's cutting himself. <laughs> Dude, the... <laughs> Oh, that was that was back. Was that Mad TV? That was back when Mad TV used to be good. He's oh so emo and oh so whiny. <laughs> oh so whiny. All right. Anyway, um, so uh, I've been listening to a lot of yes, please. Um, there, there's a band, a Swedish band, um, put out a few albums back in the late '90s that I kind of missed, and I kind of I, I missed the the, the train on. But uh, called they're called Bewitched, and I know they have like they're almost like a like half supergroup and then half like just new musicians. But it's almost like a um, Who, who's in it. He said half supergroup. Uh, I know a few. Thank you. I know a few of the guys from like Necrophobic. Um, I, I can I can look it up real quick. But um, but it's almost like new wave of British heavy metal kind of like guitar riffs, but then with a more aggressive vocals. Okay. Have you? I think I might have sent them to you. Did you? No, I I, I have not. Listen to Bewitched. The name kind of is kind of cheesy. No, no, no. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't but, think so. I, I'm into it, man. I like. It's I, just when you hear like Bewitched, you know, you think of like the, why, the yeah, Nickelodeon. Do they twist their noses? Yeah, they, they do. Only live though. Uh, no, I, I'd be down for that. I, I like anything with the word witch in it. I don't know why. I like witch's clef and witch tit. I think that'd be a great. Witch's clef. What is that? A witch's clef. What? Like a clef lip. Chin. Oh, cleft chin? Cleft chin. Wait, wait, wait. Do you have a cleft left? chin? I think I have, like, cleft... I thought it was a cleft lip. Cleft lip, and then, like, a cauliflower <laughs> ear. Yeah, cauliflower ears. Is that a thing? Cleft chip? I mean, cleft, cleft, cleft chin? chin? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so I've been listening to a lot of, like, uh, just melodic death metal, too. Like, Edge of Sanity, I've been huge on. Uh, diving into the older albums, which I haven't listened to in years. Uh, now that they're just readily available, I'm trying to... For the new year, I'm trying to do a thing where I'm trying to not listen to... To my everyday listens or my monthly, weekly listens, you know, like before it always be like Aglock in the morning and the way home be something a little more like Overkill or uh, yes. Tankard, whatever. But so now I've been trying to listen to new albums like through, you know, because then I've discovered a lot of shit that I missed before or that uh, I just didn't appreciate or you just kind of skip over because the intro sucks or something. But Sentence is another one. Um, I think they're also Finnish. Are they? They're Finnish? from Finland. Yeah, they're, they're Finnish. Yeah. That final. Uh, real quick though, um, I, from '95 to '97, Bewitched had uh, their guitar vocals. I don't know if he just does backup vocals; it doesn't say. But he was a bloodbath in Catatonia. Hmm. Catatonia, Catatonia, <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> Catatonia. <laughs> but he was from '95 to '97. Their last known lineup had a couple guys from Nagelfar, Setharial, or Setharial, whatever. Mm-hmm. They were a pretty big black metal band. And that's all. That's all I see here. There's nothing from Necrophobic. I think one of the one of the guitarists or something at one point was from Necrophobic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, bass player was from bass Necrophobic, player. but he was also a Nagelfar. Okay. okay yeah. So there was also yeah. So, so the, yeah, that's pretty like good. a super groupish, but yeah. not. But then I, I I just got into them the past couple of years, and I'm kicking myself. But, um, what about you, Kevin? Like I said earlier, I, I've 
I've been going old school lately. A lot of Judas Priest, a lot of older Priest, um, and a lot of Dio. Just because I, I have uh, Apple Music, so for me, I've been waiting for them to finally upload, you know, most of Dio's albums, and they finally get around to the last couple of albums. And I highly recommend Angry Machines, Magica, Killing the Dragon, and Master of the Moon. I I feel like. People always tend to go back towards the classic Dio records, which is great. Their first three albums, all the way up to, to Sacred Heart. But I these records for his catalog in, later in his career, and he had spaced it out by you know going back to Black Sabbath and stuff like that. He he just fucking killed it. His writing was great. The musicians he hired to help him write music were phenomenal. And in every record, I, I feel like all the way, like I said, Master of the Moon is an awesome, awesome record. I don't think Dio had put out a bad record. Uh, I don't know if you guys have listened to these last four records at all. Uh, I, ha- I have uh, mostly on Shuffle when I just do his yeah. catalog. So I don't know if I've ever listened to him like, front to back. And, and that's uh, something I've always meant to, to get around to. Magic is like he listening just so to stuff. Lord of the Rings where he talks. Like There's one segment, I think, I don't know if it's in the beginning of, of, the, of the album, but it's just him talking, explaining the story behind the record and like it's just you know obviously very it's it's all it's fantasy. a song it's all fa- the album magica okay uh, yeah, you know? yeah but he's talking about this song. character magica and, and and i mean i don't know the specifics of the story but the he basically soon. tells the story for 10 minutes before going into the music and it's awesome or within within the album so there's a lot of mm. like dialogue dio telling a story it's fucking awesome God, I, I love dio if you're on He's a just... if you're on a drive and you want to listen to a record just give it a shot yeah, it, it's I, it's awesome i hope spotify has them all. I, I also suggest listening to some of his rainbow stuff if you haven't done that in a oh while. god i love rainbow me dude Fuck, those guys are great rainbow dude, kill the king is like one of the first yeah. i feel like metal songs doug is doug's you know like signaling to us i like, don't know about all that but i mean it, no it's, no i was gonna it's say definitely awesome it's definitely in the speed metal vein though yes okay if you, that's what you're saying yes, yeah that's what i'm saying when I, I i for years and years and years up until about three or four years ago i did not know that that was them i thought that, that was heathen. i thought that was a heathen song yeah, yeah. And, and then like i went to a rainbow cover show and i'm like oh fuck i'm like this totally makes sense i know and then i fucking listened to it and it just blew my mind yeah those blew. first those first couple rainbow records were the ones with Dio on them yeah were, were fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole band, too. You had guys from... Um, Long live rock and roll, man. You, you, got, you had uh, a Richie bass Blackmore. player. Yeah, Richie Blackmore and lead, but you had the bass player from Ozzy mm-hmm. and Dio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the drummer, God, I can't remember his name, but another famous drummer, just an amazing drummer, Cozy Powell. Um, yeah, Cozy Powell, I think, was the drummer. He's, he's passed away now, but... Just Cozy making, Powell is just like an amazing, just amazing... Stuff you're just making up names. <laughs> no, dude. Cozy Jazzy Powell. Smith, I think, was on the Cozy third Rainbow album. Look it up. Cozy Powell. Cozy Powell. Uh, I, I believe you, Metal I, Sponge. Yeah, dude. I can't remember the name of the bass player, though. Um, I forget what but, I was but he played, but yeah, he, but he played. Cozy Powell. He played in Dio. He played in Ozzy. Shit, so a lot yeah. of those dudes are super talented and they just oh, kind of bounced around. They, and... they bounced around, but they bounced around like all of the major influence, influential bands of the 70s and early 80s. And they put out so much goddamn good music. And then that's why I find myself just diving deeper and deeper into like those genres rather than listen to the... Like something that comes out this year, I'll, I'll discover in like 2020 or and nine. And that's like for, you know, for the mid-70s, Rainbow, some of their stuff was before its time. And that's, that's where I was going to go with Judas Priest, like Sin After Sin. The double bass playing and stuff from Sin After Sin is is um, 
I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty fucking heavy for its time. It it really is. I don't. You were gonna say something about Sin After Sin, Marco. No, no, Sin After Sin. Yeah, the record from Priest. I was. Or you were gonna you were gonna because we were talking about the seven. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, I, I was actually talking more about Sad Wings of Destiny. Oh earlier. okay. That's All what right. I was talking about. But um, no, we were talking about uh, how did this start? Highly controversial statement by Douglas. <laughs> to let the world know your feelings. Yeah, why don't you let everyone know? I, you I'm dislike I, the priest. I love Painkiller. I love a lot of stuff, but but I'm, it's almost like I'm still discovering them. I kind of like just skipped right over them, went to the good stuff, and now I'm kind of like slowly. Like I said, but a lot of the old stuff is the good stuff. I know that's the thing. I'm fucking getting there, okay? <laughs> Jeezo. I feel like me and Marco are sitting on this couch and we are judging you right now. Good, because you're sitting in the chair. Super judging <laughs> you right now. Super. Across from us. I'm. I'm I don't know. Some something. I, you know, I'm actually shocked by that because you were into Priest before I was. Yeah. But I just went so far back, and it's. Man, you know what? I'm thinking about the 70s, and honestly, you get most of their records from 74, 75, 77. It's not with Sad Wings to me. Yeah. Sad no, I, I mean, I don't even really count Rock and Roll. Rock and roll. Roll. roll is good. It's a very good yeah, rock record. That's an okay record. Uh, but I mean, Sad and that was 74, too, I think. Yeah, yeah Sad Wings was 75, 76, somewhere in that yeah. range. You, you, know, you know what I think kind of killed um, Priest for me? Was I got into Priest early, and I got into like some of the more mainstream stuff. But then I got into Iron Maiden and those fucking riffs. They just Iron Maiden just has the, the dual guitars, like they have those riffs. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah, it's, I, I know. Examples. It's, it's just a different style. It, it is, and I was just like, well, if I'm gonna listen to this genre, you know. And that's like the the, the ever ever that fight Priest will go on Maiden, forever. Priest first Maiden, Priest first. It's Metallica, Megadeth. But it, you know, it's, you know it's, I'm not saying one's better than the other. It's just I happen to get into that, and then I will the, tell you though, technically speaking, Judas Tipton is. Definitely one of the more technical guitar players out of the four guitar players. So Priest would get it for technicality. Yeah, no. And it's just, uh, it's one of those things. It just kind of boils down to preference. At the time, think about think about the early 2000s. Yeah. Unless you wanted to spend a ton of money on eBay trying to get some original record or album or CD, you, you couldn't really just go to, you know, there's no YouTube, there's no iTunes, there's no Spotify, there's no streaming. If they didn't have it in Newberry Comics, you'd have to buy it off eBay yeah, and you you know I didn't have the kind of money to spash to, to spash. I didn't have the kind of money to spend. It was all just going towards thrash, you know. Yeah, and then no. they got put on the wayside, and then I got hooked on Maiden. Their shit was more readily available. I, I think now, so now, now knowing this, go back and do me a favor and listen to Sin After Sin, and then Sad ones. um, it, it, listen to Killing Machine, which or Hellbent for Leather, well, whatever that's, version. Yeah, whichever version. I can't believe they had to change that for the fucking Tipper Gore and the mm-hmm. goddamn wait. It was called Killing Machine. Yeah, the European release or whatever, the or the global release. The seventy-eight or seventy—is it seventy-eight or seventy-nine? Seventy-eight. 78. It, it was called Killing Machine, I believe, and they changed it <laughs> to Hellbent for Leather. Hellbent for Leather. Yeah. Hellbent, Hellbent for Leather. Mm. Yeah, because I didn't know that. Nineteen eighty was British Steel. Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, but those records. Think about what was out in the in in the late seventies. You had oh, the, you had uh, Zeppelin's last record, right? Um, you right. had Sabbath's last record with Ozzy. Yep. Um, then Van Halen hit, and people thought they were like heavy, which they weren't. They were kind of very poppy rock. Sounding. Even though those first four records are freaking phenomenal, but <laughs> what uh, Van Halen? Oh yeah, 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 they're great. But but you know what I mean? They were always going to be more mainstream. I, I mean, I definitely give Priest credit for what they did. But you got to listen to it because when you listen to Sad Sin, you're like, man, some of the double bit. Nobody was really doing that mm-hmm. yet. And yeah, I know there there's some Sabbath some Sabbath stuff that. Um, you know, Bill Ward definitely did some double bass on stuff, but for the consistency and how fast and heavy, Priest just had that. They were 
Man, they were fucking heavy as hell for that time. If I promise to listen to to the early priest albums, will you guys not lynch me when we're done with this podcast? <laughs> yeah, of course. No, man, I, I don't judge. <laughs> hey, look, I feel like we're getting on them like we do with Higgy Down. <laughs> I'm gonna go sit in the corner and cry. Yeah, let's let's just finish this up. I talk about Megadeth for the next 35 minutes. No, but uh, no, even with me, man, when I was younger and getting into metal, like when I was a little kid, man, it was like all about Metallica, Maiden for me. And then like once I heard like Slayer and Sepultura, like the the level went up. And then Painkiller was big for me. But then I listened to old like oh know, yeah, Sepultura. I love. I listen. I love you got it. another thing coming. Was- I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! I'm talking about like the max thrash. I'm, I'm just kidding. But then now you make me lose my my train of thought here. Where I was going with this? <laughs> no, but I loved like uh, like painkiller, right? Because it was so fucking heavy. But then I went, you know. And then I hear you got another thing coming at the time. I'm like, this song sucks balls, you know. And I understand like when you're younger. But as I got older, is where I really like got into that priest stuff. Like especially like. Stain class and uh, oh, and I still don't even, honestly I still don't even like British no, Steel that much. No, thank you for bringing that up. But Stain class, another record. Yeah, man, and uh, Defenders class. of the Faith, man, another good, oh, great oh, record, yeah, you know. Absolutely, but I knew Point Entry was kind of weak. Doug, w- Doug would love that. Huh? You would love Defenders of the Faith. I'm pretty I think sure I, I, I'm, I think I think I'm actually familiar. It's John with Schaefer's one. favorite record. Yeah, I think. Um, it, it's but dude, that's the one with the Sentinel, you know. Yeah. You 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 do like that record? You just like I do. I just hear the tracks and you'll be like. Because that one, you could tell they were starting to get even more technical going into Painkiller. You knew in '83 when you heard Defenders, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is All this right. is the I'll this start is the foundation for what we're gonna get." I'll start doing my homework for, for Priest. You don't have to do anything you don't want. Dude, you don't have to no, do it. no. You know what? All right, what albums uh, def- uh, uh, Desert Plains on? And I love that song, Desert Plains. Yeah, awesome, dude. Is it's that Point of Entry? Point of Entry. Yeah, not my favorite record. I I agree with him. They kind of went back to um like a rock sound on that mm. screaming for vengeance dude come on that's a it's good i love no i do love screaming for vengeance but but again after this i'll, I'll just we'll give you the the albums to listen to from the 70s because you want to hear that time period between like 77 and 80 it's just like holy fuck at that time there, nobody was doing what they did nobody had the balls to be that heavy start with turbo lover you know the one thing I must say. Oh man, it's a you, that is such a good. That's a good stripper. Break, breaking album. the law. It's a good. Breaking the law. That riff though. It, that's just so goddamn. It, is there more like a more famous riff than friggin'? Ding, 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 no, I know it's. It's iconic. just like I heard it the other day randomly, and I'm like, damn, that is. It's it's iconic. Yeah. No, it's tough. I mean, you got another thing coming riff too, man. Is iconic. I like I like you got another thing coming, much more than breaking. So Breaking Law, I'm like, it's actually one of my least favorite free songs, but... Me too. But I think that could be because of, like, overexposure, too. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, it's, like it's constantly on, man. man. Yeah. It's like Ace, Ace of Spades, Motorhead, man. That's, like, the only song most people know that don't know Motorhead. They're like, oh, I know that song. But on a quick note, uh, I just want to mention Violence. Oh. Getting back together. No shit. Yeah, man. They, they're, 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 Rob Flynn and all? Uh, no Rob Flynn. Ooh. No, no, it's the two guys that just left them uh, going back to violence. Okay. Bill right. Demmel, when he's done uh, with that. Uh, you're trying to revive it, I got you. Yeah, I mean, they're just going to do it so Killian's healthy again. and he, Who needs Rob Flynn anyway? Yeah, it's kind of... A... The dude went from having two uh, two Bs at the end of his name to one to make it look better, or the other way around, <laughs> I can't remember, but one of the others. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of him, like, on a personal level. He's kind yeah, of... And I'm not a machine head fan. I'm not a Machine Head fan. I'm not into with the rap, exception of a couple songs. Rap rock. Well, I mean, they only did that for a couple records. No, he still tries to. 
he still acts like he's spitting lyrics. No, you know, you know the funny part is they started out as like they, they came out with like groove metal like Davidian, yeah. which is good too. That's yeah. like one song, that album, the first album. And then they kinda of stuck to that formula, then like by the burning red, I think it was called. They changed like their whole style. They had like these orange jumpsuits yeah. and like oh, blonde frosted tips, spiky hair. He's just a man that gives in all the trends. He's a, he's a freaking poser Agreed. piece of crap. Agreed. I can't stand that Agreed. guy. And but he has uh, an opinion about everything and everyone in the industry, and he's he puts himself on a pedestal. But so. he did help write one of, in my opinion, greatest thrash records, The Eternal Nightmare, you know, Violence, back in, uh, what, maybe 90 or whatever sure. it was. He gets the credit. But, uh, Still that, an I'm, asshole. I'm hoping that they do some <laughs> East Coast stuff. They only got two West Coast gigs lined up, but I'm hoping they come this way, because I, I don't think I could fly to California to see him. I'd love to, but... I hope they do well, and then they'd start, they'll play, like, St. Vitus or something, maybe, or, you know what I mean, kind of... Yeah, right. what do you got? And then I just want to say rest in peace to Dave Ingram, who uh, fronted uh, Benediction for uh, six records, and he was also the singer of uh, Bullthrower. Uh, I think he was on Honor Valor Pride, um, and uh, he was also the final singer. He never recorded anything with him, but with Hail of Bullets, uh, rest in peace to him. I cannot find anything on really how he died or how he passed. Uh, so rest on peace way. if he's officially dead. Yeah, but uh, I saw two artists post that he passed, so I'm taking the word that it's true. If it's not, I'm sorry, Dave Ingram. But uh, <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> but I'm pretty it's a sure. Hey, who's, uh, the guy, who's the guy too? That's um, um, who just said that he's going, going to hospice. Up? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's Bruce Corbin, I believe. From Warbeast from, from Warbeast yeah. and Rigor Mortis. Mortis. Yeah, yeah. That's real sad because he seems like a just a genuinely. I read a big thing from he was. I'm so sorry. This you know it was going like this. I was doing better. You know he's like apologizing for dying and like you can just tell it's that. Well, it sucks because a lot of these musicians now they just they don't have the finances either for the medical care, mm-hmm. so they're kind of just like they're just tapping out, man. It's it's just like Shannon Haim from that uh, was in Death and Control Denied. I don't even know what's happened to him since. Yeah, he had massive heart problems. I think he had a stroke or something. Could barely afford his bills and. It, it, Richard Christie was trying to put something together. Isn't that kind of what the whole death doll was? It was kind of like for um. They did a mu- music. Fl- um, I mm-hmm. think they did something it was. for Shane Haim, like to especially help his, the original tour, help yeah. his medical bills. So he he's obviously he must be okay. I haven't heard anything, and we, we all follow something death related. So yeah, something what we would have seen um, something. Cool. Hey, on another note, happy birthday, uh, happy belated birthday, John Carpenter. It was yesterday. It yeah. was yesterday, yeah. or two day- two days ago. Maybe. Well, weeks. when this podcast comes out, it's probably like a week ago. Yeah, a week or two ago. ago, yeah. And Betty White today. Betty White today, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Guys, I have something to admit, though. I, I did not watch either of the things. I just read things online, and I, I've just been watching Wolf Cough on repeat for fucking <laughs> for three weeks straight. <laughs> he had to get Sorry. Wolf Cough Yeah. I love Wolf Cough. One and two. Oh, my God. See, they just take it and fucking run with it. It's so good. Those are Canadian. Oh, they're so Canadian. This yeah, but they're actually good. They're not like our next... Mm. Next month we'll be covering High Bloody Valentine, which... Wolf uh, Cup. Yeah, we'll Wolf go Cup. That, but... Good is subjective, but yeah. I think they're definitely entertaining. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? We, we might have to do Wolf Cops. No, I enjoy them. Don't get me wrong, but are uh, they good by any we'll means? Do wolf yeah, cops. they're fantastic. They're good because they're freaking terrible. But they're awesome. <laughs> they're so bad, they're good. We're going to have to they're just... so good, they're we good. We need to take a break, though, between Canadian flicks, because I can't... I just can't do it. At some point in the future, we'll do My wolf. Bloody Valentine to Wolf Cop. It's just we'll too do, much. We'll it's, do Wolf Cop a year from now. It's that? too much. I can only do one, one per I'm year. I'm going to have my own break-off show by then. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Next month's show will be sponsored by Moosehead. By Moosehead, eh? <laughs> All right, on that note, uh, thank you for listening to Vintage Burn. Till next time. Yeah, I know. Peace out.
I had a, two sharks in one day once. Ooh. Like, oh, is that the like, one you had to change your underwear in front of the and, house? Yeah, I, I changed my underwear at my house, and then I went to the fart again, and I thought it was clean, and then it just... 